Howdy, y'all, and welcome to The Daily Grind with your host, John Spencer. Grab a mug of your favorite brew and join me and my sister, Carla, and then get ready to brew your brain, sharpen your wit, and enrich your faith. We'll give you the rundown on today's date, share some interesting historical facts, and then toss out a few random musings just to get your brain gears turning. Plus, I'll offer up some thoughts to ponder on your walk with Jesus. So let's get this show on the road. Hey, good morning, Carla. It's Wednesday, November 29th. Oh, good morning, John. Good morning, Daily Grind. Happy home day. Yes, halfway through this week. And on this date in 1777, San Jose, California was founded as Pueblo de San Jose de Guadalupe by Jose Joaquin (laughs) Moraga. Wow, that just rolls right off the tongue. Oh, San Jose. Okay. San Jose. And then they 17... shortened it at some point along the way. <laughs> yes. Either that well, or, happy or like birthday, some, San Jose. somebody knocked off half the sign. Approaching. Yeah. Oh, and that's, just, that's what was left. San Jose. And, oh, on this day, <laughs> and on this day, November 29th, 1890, the first Army-Navy football game took place. Oh, wow. How about that? Yeah, Navy won, Navy won 24 okay. to nothing. Oh, shut out. Shut okay. out. And on this date in 1935, on this date in 1935, physicist Erwin Schrodinger published his famous thought experiments, Schrodinger's Cat, a paradox that illustrates the problem of the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics. Mm-hmm. Thinkers. There you go. And speaking of thinkers, on this date in 1972, Atari released, released Pong, the first oh. commercially successful video game. Whoa. Bloop, bloop, Pong. Bloop. bloop. Back and bloop. forth and back and forth. Oh, and back <laughs> and forth. so exciting. Mesmerizing. It was like Star Trek. Are you kidding me? It's like space yes. age technology. Oh. I remember it well. <laughs> and November 29th is... The customer is wrong day. What? I didn't think that ever happened. Well, I think it's like uh, the Wednesday after you just had Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Everybody's going, I don't care about you right. guys anymore. <laughs> I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> I don't know and I don't care. It's that week. <laughs> so, Got it. Makes sense now. It's National Lemon Cream Pie Day. Oh, that's lovely. It's National Square Dance Day. Mm, that brings back memories it does yes and it is throw out your leftovers day yeah <laughs> you you're not gonna eat that turkey by no. now okay no. like all that, that was stuff thursday of the last week yes go. so wednesday of this week <laughs> come on just be real throw it away <sighs> and now it's that time on the daily grind to sharpen your wit Rolling Stones bassist Billy Wyman married an 18-year-old Mandy Smith, but divorced her after a year. And then Bill's 30-year-old son, Stephen, married Mandy's mother, who was 46. Whoa, 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 whoa. So if Bill and Mandy had remained married, Bill would be his own... No! <laughs> I don't know. Be his own something. Does- that's yeah. just weird. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I have to draw that one out. And look okay. Oh. 
Rolling Stones. <sighs> there you go. I know they're going to go on tour this year. I know they're. Uh, that's, that's that's impressive. That that is yes. That's man. It's crazy. Many of us write more text messages, emails, and Facebook posts in a day than most people wrote handwritten letters in over a year just 30 years ago. Ah, oh, that's likely, yes. Yeah, go back to the 90s. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> if Batman was originally written online, the title would probably be Rich Guy Goes Nuts and You Won't Believe What Happens Next. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh. So, so it's getting close to Christmas. You got to start thinking about gifts, but that should also make you consider etiquette. So I'm posing today on Sharpen Your Wood an etiquette question. You can, you guys, text me, email me. Carly, you may know the answer to this, but here's the etiquette question I have. If you have a coworker who desperately needs a nose hair trimmer, do you just anonymously leave one on their desk or do you secret Santa them? How do you, how do you go about providing that? That's, that's the question that I want everybody to struggle with. I'll give it some thought. <laughs> you want to be tactful. You do want to deliver the gift. Yes, but. Yep. Yep. Changing another country's weather is classed as a war crime under the Geneva convention. I'm thinking about all the ways that I can change the weather in other countries. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know that we can, but I think you know, obviously, at some point, people are adding rules to the Geneva Convention, and somebody probably watched a Bond movie or something, and they said just in case somebody comes yeah. up with. Anyway, but just so you know, changing okay. people's weather, hands not off. cool. You can't okay. do it. Carla, the difference between the numerator and the denominator is a short line. Yes, it is. And only a fraction of people are going to understand that joke. <laughs> it's called a viniculum. It has a name. A viniculum. Yes. Oh, Even less it. people are aware of the fact that it has a name and that it is viniculum. Okay. Viniculum is going on my list of words that are just going to be fun to say. It's it's made yes. the cut. It's up there with <laughs> pediculating. Oh, wow. Big dumb. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's that time on the daily grind to sharpen your faith. So we're through with Thanksgiving. Talked a little bit about the incarnation, and I'm going to keep talking about Advent and what it means. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I've read, I've heard, I've watched musical productions of the Christmas story, and I've studied the first two chapters of Matthew and Luke. And I mean, I've really tried to say, what's going on there? Examining all of the nuances. I've searched for cultural context and connections with the Old Testament prophets to think about how Israel's expectations of the Messiah might have colored their reception of Jesus. And even with all that, whenever I read this story, I will find fresh insights or I'll discover just how much I cannot understand the scale of God's unimaginable move to send his son into our world for our salvation. 
And as I reflect about when each of our kids were born, I can't help but think about what that scene in Bethlehem really was like. And I think it it ended up, obviously, like the scripture tells us, but I think it got set up a little bit different. I mean, when you look at Luke's account of Jesus' birth, it says Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Oh, really? Now, I'm pretty sure Jesus got swaddled, and I know he ended up in the manger, but I think there might have been more going on there. I mean, have you ever seen a manger? To those who grew up on a ranch or a farm, that is a poetic word for a feeding trough. And you know what's inside a feeding trough? Feed, hay, grains, And I will tell you where there is grain, there are going to be critters. You're going to find bugs and you move that feed around. You're going to discover all kinds of critters at the bottom, just trying to enjoy their meal down there. And when you have a lot of grain and bugs, you're also going to have mice. Nearly every barn I've ever been into has had them. The abundance of food is just too tempting. So hold on to that image. And in the words of Adrian Monk, here's what happened. So we've encountered a brand new mom. You know, when Marcy was a mother for the first time, she was adamant about cleanliness, safety, hygiene. I mean, look, she's still a very clean and hygienic woman, but first time mom, oh my gosh, over the top meticulously going to question when was the last time everything was cleaned and disaffected and washed and do we have enough of those and whenever we left the house with newborn Joe we had several changes of clothes and extra pacifiers and extra blankets and extra toys I mean we the two of us leaving with a baby looked like it was the Ottoman Empire on the move now By the time that our fourth child, Jesse, came around, uh, we'd leave the house with just an extra diaper and some wipes and a Ziploc bag. Because if he dropped his pacifier, we would just use one of our mouths to clean it and call it good. Wouldn't even think twice about it. Okay, but that's another story. Let me get back to Bethlehem. Back to Mary. A new mother has just given birth to her firstborn, who also as it so happens, is the Son of God. She's not going to casually place baby Jesus just anywhere. I don't think she's going to lay him in a feeding trough. Here's how I think baby Jesus gets in the feeding trough. I think Mary, this young woman, having traveled, having given birth, is exhausted. So she swaddles that baby and she hands him to Joseph. And being a new dad, Joseph's going to cradle that little baby for a while. And then he's going to realize this baby's getting heavy. And I think looking around, he sees Mary asleep. And then he spots the manger. It's a soft bed of hay. It's just the right size for baby Jesus. And he thinks, I'll just put him in there for a little while and I'll pick him up before Mary wakes up. 
I mean, Joseph's a guy. Come on. It's what he does. He sizes up the manger, sizes up baby Jesus, notices they're about the same size. So to him, placing Jesus in the manger seems like a perfectly reasonable way for everyone, baby, mom, dad, to all get some rest. What's the harm in that? Now, I know some mothers around the world might be cringing at the idea of a newborn in a feeding trough. But what would you have done if an exhausted teenage Mary handed her baby to you? So maybe the first application as we're thinking about this scene in the manger is to realize that every decision we make, our dreams, our hopes, they all hinge really on that question. What will you do when God places the baby in your arms? Which is really, what will you, what will you do with Jesus? I mean, the incarnation is scandalous. And the scandal of the incarnation is not that Jesus came into the world. That he showed up in all of the dirt and the smells and that he had to grow up and learn to walk and go through puberty and live and work and sweat and get tired and eat and poop. No, the scandal of the incarnation is not that he came to earth. The scandal is that he came to us. God in his wisdom recognized our hopelessness, our helplessness, our inability to ever be able to reach him, to be in a relationship with him. So our father entered into human history. That was God's decision. So the offense of the Christmas story isn't that Jesus was laid in a manger, but that God chose to place Christ in the imperfect, dirty, unsanitary hearts of people like you and me. So at Christmas, think about that that was the Father's choice, and he is awaiting our choice. As always, I want to thank you all for taking some time and spending it with me here on The Daily Grind. Please do all that podcast stuff. Rate it, review it, share it with your friends. Please let me know what you want to hear more of, less of, what you like. And I hope that as you go about your Wednesday, that one, you will be able to experience the reality of Jesus in your life. And if it's a story to you, I really ask that you would consider what your choice will be if God hands you that baby. Anyway, I hope that you have a blessed Wednesday. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Messiah, Jesus.